0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are into ACC play. And, Mac, we have quite a few top 25 matchups to talk about in the Big 3 breakdown here. We are doing things a little differently. I am on location uh, in Texas. And if I look tired, I just got off a plane. Thanks again, (laughs) Southwest, for everything. Love you. Um, Mac, how's it going? I know Mac's probably more tired than me, considering he just had a baby.
0: Listen, I I don't want to curse everything. I do not want to. I'm knocking on wood as I'm saying this. Amelia has slept unbelievably well. (gasps) We are blessed. Blessed and highly favored. So we'll see what happens now that I said that. And put into the universe, she's never going to sleep again. Um, so we're, we're doing well. I mean, this is fun. You know, you're getting the hang of it and figuring things out with her. And she's awesome. She's a great baby. And, of course, Khaki Mac is, is an absolute rock star. So makes it easy for me. I just kind of show up and, and do as I'm told. And uh, everything else, they, they take care of.
1: Perfect. That's all you need to do, Mac. That's right. Well, that's great to hear. That's <laughs> Especially if you're going to have a football season, baby. They they better know us up. Cooperate. They need to cooperate.
0: I mean? Well, speaking of of things that you probably shouldn't do in football season, why why are you in uh, Texas, A.G.? <laughs> what's going on?
1: My dear brother is getting <laughs> married tomorrow uh, here in Texas. So.
0: Oh, it's yes. a basketball family. Oh, okay. So there's no big deal. I understand. I understand.
1: Well, we are also <laughs> very much a football family. It's just there's this thing in Texas where like it's a hundred degrees for seven months. So. <laughs> You kind of have to pick a month where it's not going to be hundred degrees. And my family is thrilled that the high tomorrow is only 87. It's oh, good. like a miracle. So we're very excited about that, but he was just trying to avoid OU Texas. OU Texas is next weekend, That's but smart. you know, Oklahoma already lost to one of the Kansas Iowa States. So, <laughs> so as, is that, is that, as that their,
0: uh, is that their honeymoon? Is, is there going to the game?
1: I guess so. I think they're going to watch it in whatever tropical island they're going to be on. No, oh, that's not awesome. That's amazing.
0: that's amazing. So yeah,
1: that's why. So what's weird, and that's it's. This is going to be tough. And I'll update everybody on Monday's episode. My husband, of course, is also a big Clemson fan. We will both be. Um, he's a Clemson graduate. We'll both be at the wedding. So we want to watch this game because it's the biggest game of the year, of course. I'm just going to have to update you guys on Monday to tell you truly how much I saw live. Obviously, I'll go back and watch it on Sunday, but I'm a little stressed. Of course, it's just the best game ever, and it's at 7.30. Of course. So, you know, we'll see.
0: (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, keep us posted, please.
1: Okay, well, speaking of that game, let's get into our big three breakdown. And, of course, the first game we're going to talk about is Clemson-NC State. Number five, Clemson versus number 10. NC State, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Clemson's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 42. Let's start with this, Mac. It looks like the weather is going to hold off a bit, meaning it will go through, and then it won't be that bad at kickoff. (laughs) So according to the Joes from our NC State episode we did this week, by the way, go listen to that in our Clemson episode, that doesn't benefit NC State but it feels like we might actually get kind of a somewhat normal football game despite all this weather talk.
0: It's it's going to be interesting, KG, cuz you know weather it you know as predictable know. as it can be. You never know. You never know. And it's like I mean if this thing moves an inch to the left it's going to be chaos, and so you know, just seeing what what you know it's going to look like, how much of a factor that's going to be in the game. It was interesting, you know, kind of seeing a lot of different vantage points, you know, throughout this entire week. You know, Coach Gibson, defensive coordinator for NC State, he's like, "I want it to be nasty. I want it yeah. to be gross. I want it to be a sloppy you know weather and and really impact the game." And, and I really think about it two different ways. I think number one, as a defensive person obviously it helps you a little bit because it does limit what you can do, right? If if, if you're throwing the ball a ton in the rain, you're going to have a bunch of drops. That ball is slick. There, There's possible, you know, just issues that can occur there. On the other side of it, though, as an offensive player, I know where I'm going. I know where the play's going. I don't have to react and cut and slip in mud and rain and all that. So it's going to be really interesting if there is, you know, this big weather in- implication Who does that help? Who does that give any advantage to? Uh, Because it's a a crazy thing. I hate playing in the rain, by the way. Everyone says, man, wasn't that Notre Dame game your favorite ever? I said, no, I hate it. It's disgusting. It's gross. Don't like it. So we'll see what
1: happens. And do you feel from an offensive perspective that it's just frustrating because you can't execute like you want to?
0: Yeah, I I think it – probably depends on how the day's going. I mean, certainly if if you're, you know, running into the teeth of a defense and you're just like, gosh, this just – we can't do anything. You know, it stinks. Mm -hmm. But if you you are having that success because of, you know, some little misdirection, then you can think of it as a bit of advantage. I mean, we ran the ball – I'm bringing up that Notre Dame game because this is really the last time it happened like this where where there was a hurricane. We ran the ball all over those guys. And we were like, okay, that athletic defense that they have, some really nice skill players in the secondary – we basically took them out of the game because we ran the ball so effectively. So mm. it, it's it's just how the game goes for you, I think, is, is where you, you have feelings or not that way.
1: Well, let's, let's look at this Clemson offense. And, Mac, you have a great stat here in our rundown. The Clemson offense has scored on all 24 red zone trips. That, compared to last year, that is just <laughs> night and day. And I've had a few people tweet at me. I don't know if you've seen these, Mac. A few people saying... I'm not sure that DJ has proved it yet. That weight game may have just been a really good day. Can he do it again? How, how do you feel about that question?
0: I think it's it's certainly you know valid, and and people can be skeptical and and things of that nature. It is funny to hear there is still folks on that side of it. I, I thought that there was nothing well, wrong. Well, a lot and, of them and, were NC anyway. State fans. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for for pointing that out. Um, I think what's going to be interesting and exciting is just to see him against a really good defense. Like, you know, a week ago, you know, Wake Forest, as we've said for years, the Achilles heel of that team has been their defense. You go and throw in some injuries, those guys have a bunch of backups in the secondary, and DJ picked on them, similar to what Wake Forest did to Clemson. And so for me, KG, it's seeing how can he elevate his game again, because he's done it four straight weeks here where we've seen him get better and better and better and more efficient within the offense, finding new targets. I mean, the, the tight end play that we saw a week ago, we haven't seen since Dwayne Allen was was at Clemson, Jordan Leggett yeah. at Clemson. And, and so to, to see that evolution right before our eyes from a game-to-game basis, this is just the next step. I mean, this is going to be the best back seven, back eight that he goes against, probably until you know potential playoff or postseason, I'll just say postseason play. Um, you've got a big opportunity. You've got an amazing opportunity to go out there and, and do that. So I, I think the the pass rush from NC State shouldn't be a big of concern, and and that's where historically we've seen DJ run into to some problems there. NC State just doesn't do it. They don't bring pressure. They, they trust their athletes in space. They want to keep everything kind of in front of them there. So from that aspect, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think that efficiency that you brought up, all 24 trips end in points, That's massive for confidence, for production, obviously, and just getting that team going.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. I'm curious because, I look, we've talked about DJ and his evolution, and and we're both buying it. There's no doubt. I am curious, though, what happens if something goes wrong early in this game because against Wake, everything went right. It was just boom, 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 and he had to go make plays, but the confidence and the rhythm was there. As your point, with this back seven for NC State, back eight, they're so experienced. They're so veteran. These linebackers are really good. I, I'm intrigued to see how they mess with him or at least try to disguise some coverages, whatever it is. <laughs> if DJ makes a, it makes a right. mistake early, how do things go? That's one of right. my questions.
0: Which he hasn't made any mistakes, really. Right. The, the only pick the that he Tech has. End. Right. And, and, you know, I think when you, when you see that... You know, what's interesting about that, we, we heard from Drake Thomas, right? And he said with Devin, we love to pick on him. We love to disguise yeah. things and hide things. And, and again, different setting in practice. You kind of know the situation, what you're getting into. But I think that's the same approach that those guys are going to have. You know, Saturday night is, hey, we, we want to try to confuse this guy. There's so many – you know different things that we can show because we've all played so much. It was a great point you brought up, KG, the experience of not only just playing in general but playing together. This unit has mm-hmm. been together for a very long time, and, and so they understand how to play with e- within each other, within the system. And again, they're, they're, statistically, they're the best defense in the ACC. So right now to see how much does that matter, what does that mean, I think another part as we kind of are moving to the defense here a little bit for NC State – I think that they want to try to bring pressure, and the reason why I say that is because we've seen those lapses in pass pro from the running back perspective. If you can ISO Drake Thomas, if you can ISO Peyton Wilson on whatever running back is in the game for Clemson, you feel good about what you've seen on tape so far. Now, Clemson might have answers for that. They might identify that problem, but right now, I'm trying to push that and really stress that and see if we can get home a couple of times.
1: Yeah and you've brought that up a few times I think it's a great point and it's funny cuz Shipley was asked a question about that throughout the the week someone asked him a question in that in that vein and he said, "I'm a three down black. I'm a three down back. I can block. So right. we're gonna have to see that from Shipley <laughs> Well, The other example we
0: saw was a running block. I would love to see the pass blocking. Right. And it's right. not that that's, he's And bad. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's not that he's bad at that. Just need to be more consistent. And, and at the end of the day, he's not this you know six foot, 220 pound back. I mean, he he is right. much more of a, a, a elusive, shifty guy that shows his strength at times. But to to do that." Like he wants to be th- every three downs. I mean, it's, it's going to take some practice, some learning, understanding on how to hit those guys. And we'll see that evolution as he emerges throughout his career.
1: Before we get to this NC State offense, the Clemson defense, there's a big question mark right now. And <laughs> how crazy Dabo, <laughs> I know it's unreal. And Dabo is really playing coy. He is not telling people anything in terms of injury updates. We're going to find out who's playing when the thing kicks <laughs> all off. All at the
0: same time. We're we'll all figured out at the same time.
1: <laughs> I don't think – Xavier Thomas posted something on Twitter. It feels like he's not going to be back. But Makuba, these, other, these guys more in, in the back, in the secondary, that's a big question mark. What, what's the one thing you'd like to see improvement on from this Clemson defense in the NC State game?
0: Yeah. You, you know, KG, I think the injuries are what they are. And, and you bring up, you know, playing coy and doing things of that nature. That's just what we do in college. And I hate it. I wish there was an injury list and, and all these things lined up. But at the end of the day, these are kids and you protect their privacy and you protect all those different things. This is not a professional deal at all. So they, they have the, the right and the ability to do so. Uh, But so the injuries on the defensive backfield are what they are. Like we we know that we understand that there's young cats that are in there that are learning and trying to step up and play at two first team All ACC corners from a year ago level. And and quite frankly, we're seeing that that is actually hurting Clemson pretty good right now. The the thing, all that is is what it is. The thing I need to see is that D line get after it. I mean, those guys had the opportunity, have the opportunity to be one of the best ever and you just aren't really seeing it. I mean, the crazy thing for me in regards to the sack numbers, KG, those guys are on pace right now to be at like 25 sacks for the year. That has not happened for a decade. I mean, we, there was a coordinator change when that happened. It's Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. And so when you see that, Clemson's used to being in the 50s. And, and so to be at half of that is is a little bit shocking. And so, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I mean, for a couple of games in a, in a row now, this backfield, this past defense has been absolutely torched and, and unbelievable performances by Sam Hartman and those guys. But La Tech, like, come on, what, what are we doing here? So, yeah. and Furman even before that. So really need to see those guys lock in, need to see the defensive line really hold strong, get after the quarterback, get them in adverse situations, help your defensive backfield out a little bit.
1: Agreed. This D-line needs to look like we all thought they could and look like right. they look on paper and, and you know, kind of do something is really where we're at right now with the D-line. Do something. Um, exactly. So speaking of the D-line, they're going to be trying to get after Devin Leary. And Devin Leary, when you look back at last year's game, he was so methodical. It wasn't a ton of big plays, but it felt like I think Kwok said this on our Clemson episode. It felt like every time they needed 10 yards, he got 10 yards and an inch. Like, they just kept getting first down, staying on the field. And Emeka Mezi was huge in that game. I think that is a little bit of a concern. You've got Devin Carter and Thayer Thomas, but can one of those guys, which one of the Joes said that too, can one of those guys be the Emeka Mezi of this game and have 14 mm-hmm. catches? I mean, he was so good last year. And then you've got Demi sumo the the freshman running back, who is electric. This is the biggest stage that he's been on. Can he step up? I think this NC State offense has the components, Mac. I just want to see if they can put it together and more specifically in Death Valley in this environment, because I think the death valley of it all is a big factor in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. And and I think, okay, what what was the last time that NC State played against a really physical defense? It was game one. It was in Greenville. It was Mm. against ECU and 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 you saw on the road. And let me tell you something. The ECU's environment's cool, but it ain't Death Valley, all right? Like, let's be real about this. And so, something that I, I remember is interesting as well is I think because of COVID, I, I should have done a little bit more research before I blindly say this. I don't think that NC State has been to Clemson in a while. No, in not a, in a, in a, in a, a long time. Environment. And so, when you think 2018
1: that, was the last time,
0: it might have been. It might because have been because
1: 2020 it didn't happen.
0: Right? They didn't and play anyone Was there? So I think that I'm correct in saying that none of these guys have been there before. And, and so to see that and, and to be playing in it, it's a different animal. But when I look at this NC State team, I mean, they, they're peaking at a really good time, offensively especially. I mean, last week, I get the opponent, but Devin just looked better. He, he looked more composed. He looked more confident. Pushing the ball downfield, getting the ball to his great playmakers it was great. To finally see Devin Carter be heavily involved in the offense, had five receptions, got in for a touchdown. Would love to see him, you know, be that deep ball threat a little bit more. And I think against Clemson, which is what you need. Yeah, basically, I think you do it almost KG. You push the ball downfield to like an uncomfortable amount of mm. times. Like you just have to test it. Like let's see sure. what are they going to do. Like Devin just run straight or throw the ball straight, go downfield and and get this ball. you'll probably
1: get a PI at this point. Or
0: uh, points. I mean, what do you want to do? So I I think you stress that to to a really high degree. I I think that Coach Beck and Devin and these receivers really come together and say, hey, guys, look, we don't really do this on an everyday basis or every game basis, but we're pushing the ball downfield. We're throwing the ball downfield. Now, of course, you need time to do that. And and if this defensive line does what they can, maybe that gets disrupted. But – Just interested to see schematically, what does this offense look like for NC State? And as you mentioned with Sumo, big opportunity. I mean, this guy is a violent runner. He's a strong runner. He sees NC State every day, and they're great at stopping the run. But this Clemson team is is exceptional, and they have not changed any in that regard with big defensive linemen, fast, fast linebackers that are flying around the ball. This is a huge opportunity for him to really emerge and step onto that kind of national spotlight if he's able to have a big game here.
1: I think Demi has to play well. And that's a lot to ask from a freshman going into Death Valley. I mean, it's yeah. you're putting a lot on his shoulders. But I, I think that he has to be very productive. All right, Mac, before we make our picks, I'm going to give you my stat. I feel like my stats are not as good this episode. Just being honest, I just hopped off a plane, <laughs> but I'm going to try my best. This may not be KG stats and info to her to her highest level. As we've met, I think we mentioned this a little earlier. Perhaps we mentioned it on the, on the Clemson episode. But to me, this is... This is the biggest factor in this game and why the spread is what it is. NC State has not won in Death Valley since 2002. Mm -hmm. Mac, 2002 was a long time ago. You and I were nine. (laughs) Some of the players in this game were not born. Wow. Uh, Probably a good good amount of them. Wow. That's how long ago it's been. And we all know it happened in 2016. State should have won that game, but they didn't. I think the night aspect of it, the rain and just Clemson fans embracing that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Clemson fans really haven't had a matchup like this in Death Valley to go be a fan at since, like, Louisville, since 2016. Right. <laughs> right. So I think the environment's going to be electric.
0: Okay, I like that. So so your stats here kind of, at the end, are leading right into my key. I, I think okay. that, that the home field advantage is the key to the game for Clemson. I, yeah. I think that those guys, those fans – altering the atmosphere when NC state has the football to, to make communication impossible to, to get guys nerves. Again, the fact that they have not been in this environment, they haven't played here. Evan Leary has never seen what he's about to see, you know, with these guys and, and, and Clemson. And of course the crowd and and the involvement that they can have there for NC state. I I think it's kind of what I said, push the ball downfield, test it. Let's see, because Devin's deep ball is beautiful. That guy can put it on the money, gives his guys a chance. Let's test. Let's see if our guys are faster than yours and we can win one on one matchups. If it's a turnover, if it's a P.I. or uh, excuse me, a a P.B.U., you know, you you almost take that because the reward, the the risk reward is so great in, in what it could be. So I'm not saying throw it deep and get four picks in the first half, but let's test it out. Let's see what happens. Let's see if Clemson has cleaned up what they put on camera on film a week ago. I think that gives you a really good opportunity.
1: I agree. We'll see if the weather allows. I mean, that's that's the other part. That's true, too.
0: That's true. If the
1: too. weather is rough, you don't you can't necessarily air it out. Right. What do you think about the total max? So I, I think we're both leaning Clemson minus six and a half. Is that fair? Yes. OK. And to me, a lot of it's about the, that valley. Look, last year I was at the game. Carter Finley was a huge factor in that game. Right. So I, I think you can say the same this year. Forty two. I think the way the weather is going <laughs> and I'm no meteorologist, I'm going over. I don't think this is going to be as ugly as people think.
0: Yeah, I'm going over as well. 42 is just such a low total, and and the way so listen the the way number one that Death Valley you know drains. I mean, it has a great drainage system. I think it's a million dollar system.
1: Let's talk system. irrigation.
0: Uh, get, get get old Mike Eccles on the phone. He can do this yes. for us. Um, but yeah. I, I think with that in regard, I'm looking at the rain totals. It's looking <laughs> like barely an inch or less uh, on on Saturday. I don't think it's going to be as bad. Now things could turn, and and this. You know, comes out know. Saturday. Who knows? We we might need to reevaluate this. But I'm going over. I'm going Clemson with the points, and I'm going over.
1: All right, we agree. We agree on that one. Here we go. Okay, how about this next game that I think is going to be equally as entertaining as Clemson NC State. <laughs> number 22 Wake Forest travels to number 23 Florida State. 3:30 p.m. on ABC. Florida State's a seven-point favorite. The total's at 63 and a half. That's a big jump compared to the Clemson total. I think this game is going to be so much fun. You have two high-powered offenses that do things differently. You have Wake that wants to air it out with these wide receivers that this group has just been elite. And you've had guys step up, even besides the guys that we thought were going to be really good. And they've also been really good. And you've got FSU that has one of the best rushing attacks in the country Mm -hmm. that includes those three backs, but also Jordan Travis. And their wide receivers are stepping up. So it's really fun because we know both of these teams can score, but they do it a little differently, Mac. I mean, is it is it possible to give one of these offenses the edge over the other going into this
0: game? I, I think to do that, you have to look at the defense that they're going against. And, okay. and when, when you think of point. it that way, Florida State's secondary is, is good, right? They, they have two really solid safeties and Robinson and Dent. They have a defensive line that can do enough, and really in the run game are, are exceptional. Um, you know, at moving the pocket, things of that nature. So, or collapsing the pocket. So, I, I think when you when you do that, and when I look at Wake Forest defense, as banged up as it is, there, there's some holes there that we've seen. Obviously, Clemson puts up 50 plus points. So, in that regard, I, I lean to FSU when, when you just think of the offense and, and think of what they potentially can do. The interesting thing is is just the battle tested and the fact that Wake just came off of seeing the number five team in the country, went punch for punch with them, did exceptional. Just came down a little short and, and missed a throw or a DB got his hands on the football, knocked the throw down there. I need to see emotionally where are they? Like how, how is Wake sure. Forest going to bounce back after putting so much into that Clemson game and coming up short? I know Sam Hartman, he bounces back extremely well. That dude is literally a coach that just gets to throw the football. So I think mindset-wise, he's going to have them in a, in, a, in a good spot there. But I, I just want to see the reaction. And, and is it, sure. if Florida State gets up early, is it almost like, oh my goodness, like we just put everything into this and, and we fall a little short. So it'll be interesting to see, KG.
1: You know, Mac, you're making a bunch of great points here. And this is interesting because I had a pick written down. And you're starting to get things turning Uh-oh. in my brain. <laughs> and I feel like the, the, the week before factor is really good here, and I haven't considered it as much because FSU was coming off a bye, right? No, no, sorry, Louisville, mm-hmm. then BC. Mm-hmm. A BC game that ended up kind of being a glorified scrimmage. I mean, BC right. has just Look taken back. such a, such a yeah. dive. So FSU's feeling great. They're pretty healthy. They're coming off a game where they, they cruised. And then you've got Wake coming off this game that was just heart-wrenching. I mean, you did everything you could to win the game, and your defense got pretty beat up. And Mm -hmm. Wake didn't do what they normally do, Mac. They didn't force any turnovers. I think that they've got to force some turnovers against this FSU team, but FSU's taking really good care of the ball. I I, I feel like I'm starting to sway a
0: little with Uh Wake. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, so you were on the Wake train. I like that because I was too. I was too. I was
1: too. I respect Wake so much. And I, I think sure. their offense is elite. But the yeah. defense is where, not just, you know, is FSU's defense better than Wake's? Yes, I think mm-hmm. so. But then you add the fact it's in Dote Campbell, okay, another factor, and Wake's defense is just coming off being torched by Clemson. Like these are factors that just kind of compound and and stack on top of each other.
0: I I hear you. Well, let let me start here with Wake, and and let's start with the elite side of. I just had to talk it out. out. I'm good. I'm I'm interested to see where where you fall here, Um, because when I see Sam Hardman, I mean he is just unbelievable. He he is such a good quarterback and, and knowing where to go with the football, standing in there, taking shots, gets right back up, delivers another one, delivers a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And understanding and trusting, you know, his wide receivers, it's been really fun to watch these, these last couple of years and, and to see the growth and for this to be the exclamation point, if you will, for, for his kind of college year here. But it doesn't hurt to have the deepest wide receiver room in the country. I mean, Spot. these guys... Are emerging and and listen what I just said there deepest in the country for reference. Oh, you did say Ohio country. State. I did country, not conference. Mm. Country. These guys have five wide receivers with 150 plus yards. For reference, Ohio State, which a lot of people regard as the best wide receiver room, only has three. It, it's crazy to see these two and and head to head. And wow. you look at the rooms. Ohio State has one more touchdown, a couple of more yards. They're neck and neck. And so I think you just lean with who, who do you feel better about that day? And and I think a lot of people would say C.J. Stroud is, is a better quarterback just because of all the attention, the Heisman talk, the, the first round, maybe first overall draft pick type thing. Sam Hartman in college is right there with them. And, and so when you see this and you see how they perform, Perry, Banks, Williams, Green, Marin, these guys have emerged really, really nicely. And to see how much does that take a factor in. The one interesting piece is Clemson secondary ain't showing up. This is a Tallahassee secondary that has a lot of pride, a lot of guys that that are doing and playing at a high level, especially at the safety right, and has legit like – First round draft picks, Jamie Robinson. Uh, you know yeah. Th- this, yeah. Jamie is is a freak, so that's where it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. I think this is going to be an unbelievable, very entertaining game. And what does suck about it is somebody has to lose. Somebody's going to fall out of the top twenty five, mm-hmm. which it, it shouldn't be that way. The, both these teams are unbelievable.
1: Well, going with your Ohio State thing, obviously, as we always know in September, Ohio State hasn't played anybody, so we know how. <laughs> the, you know, we'll see if those numbers are inflated. Um, the the other thing, though, and I agree with you that this wake. Wide receiver group is is amazing. What makes me feel better about FSU, though, and this is not this is very different than last year. FSU wants to run the ball, three headed monster Ward, Benson, Topioli, plus Jordan Travis. But their wide receivers are really playing well, and that's a difference maker. Because before the year, you'd think okay, Wake with the wide receiver advantage in this game would be huge. But now I feel like you know Wake still has the advantage. But Johnny Wilson, Ontario Wilson, Micah Pittman, the way these guys have played. That makes me also lean a little bit more towards FSU,
0: right? And, and well, I, I think a big part of that has been Jordan Travis and the way that he can get yeah, them the that football. Too. I mean, this guy—it's it, night and day. There, there's really three quarterbacks in this league that have totally turned it around, and, and I think mm-hmm. are fighting for most improved. And Jordan Travis is one of them. DJ Uyunglele is the other, and then Garrett Schrader. The things that he's done—I mean, those three guys—the turnaround that we have seen so far and coming up in October, you know, first this season has been remarkable. And, and I have to give so much credit to Jordan getting in there in the offseason, putting in the work and, and earning that trust from his coaching staff to have the full playbook. I mean, we saw those first you know handful of games from FSU. It, it was just so handcuffed in what he was doing, throwing a screen here, throwing a quick game here, right. draw here. And then when they started winning, what was he doing? He was pushing the ball downfield. They opened it up for him. And now you're seeing the fruits of that labor emerge at, at a really high level. Add in a running game that they feel super confident with, that they just can run all over. I mean, BC, they didn't have to run it a lot because Jordan was cooking so well, throwing the ball. But when they did... I mean, it looked like a JV team just being ran over. I mean, th- these guys were scoring at a high clip. we see is a whole other
1: discussion. <laughs>
0: whole other, and we'll yeah. briefly talk we'll about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel really good about both of these offenses, and at the end of the day, it's going to come down to similar with Clemson. Who can get a stop? Who, who can you know get an extra possession for their offense and, and give some type of an advantage?
1: All right, my stat for this game, Florida State is only allowing 166 passing yards per game. (laughs) We've touched on that. The the secondary is really good. And it's weird to say this sentence in 2022, but it's true. This isn't Clemson secondary. This is Florida State's. And that's a big difference. I mean, Clemson secondary has really struggled. They have injuries. So I think this will be a, a better challenge for these big, freaky, wake wide receivers. And I think the Doe Campbell factor... The FSU defense factor mm. and just the FSU confidence factor has me leaning FSU minus seven. Mac, what are what are your keys wow. here?
0: Oh, okay, you did. So I, we swung you over. We brought you over to the dark side. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? I totally me? swung. There it is. There it is. Easy I, enough. My
1: first thought is these teams are both so good. It's going to be a field goal game.
0: Sure. Okay. I I like that. I like that. Um, Yeah, my my biggest thing for for Wake Forest is continue to be who you are. Throw that football and and challenge this secondary. Get the ball out. Sam, do your little slow read and bam, right over the top. The interesting thing about it is I I don't think Florida State brings a lot of pressure either. Sam Hartman numbers versus the blitz versus non-blitz are drastically different. I mean, that guy lights you up when you try to pressure him, when he sits back there, that's where we can see some, some, uh, you know, disaster plays happen where he tries to force a ball or almost, almost has too much time and uh, you know, maybe makes a bad decision from, from time to time there. So we'll be interesting to see can can they keep forcing that ball downfield banks and AT Perry. They're basically the same type of guy, big basketball players, throw it up to them, let them do their thing. And then for FSU, it's just going to be running that football. I mean, that is their identity. That is who they are. And it just opens up the entire playbook when, when you have that and when you can you know, bring those safeties down tight. You have to load up that box and then right over your head, Johnny Wilson running down the field. I was going to say, for, but for also touchdown.
1: throw it to Johnny Wilson because I love I That's love right. <laughs> watching Johnny Wilson go up and catch that ball. He's so big. It's so it's, it's cool to see.
0: It's poetry in motion is what it is. Poetry. So I, I'm with you. I'm taking FSU with the points. Oh, we agree. I think I might go under. Um, That's a lot. 63 and a half is a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I think the under's smart.
0: I think I'm going to go under. I hope it's not. I want to see it. But I, I think I'm going to go under.
1: There. I think the under is a smart play. Okay. Well, we just broke down the two big ones here. Uh, and we spent a lot of time <laughs> on them because they deserved it. So let's roll through the rest of these, Mac. Also in our big three, we've got North Carolina hosting Virginia Tech. This is 3.30 on ACC Network. UNC's a nine-point favorite. The total's at 52. UNC just got blown out by Notre Dame, and they're a nine-point favorite. I think this says a lot about Virginia Tech and the fact that the game's in Chapel Hill. But here's my – I have, like, one main point with this game, Mac. (laughs) North Carolina, you're giving up 39.5 points per game. That's my stat. You're giving up Mm. 40 points per game. That's Mm. insane. That's really bad. (laughs) And we said, I didn't know if they knew that. I'll just say, we said Notre Dame couldn't score on anybody, and you made Notre Dame look good. Virginia Tech truly can't <laughs> score on anybody. If North Carolina makes Virginia Tech look good, I, I really—all joking aside—if UNC loses this game, mm. this is a panic situation. Mm. Mm. Maybe not—not not just for UNC, but maybe for the for the um, the current staff. Like this, yeah. you can't lose this game. I think no. it's that. It's that important.
0: And and what's fascinating is all the little details within this game and and the revenge factor of of a year ago. I mean, Virginia Tech pretty much ruined UNC season. That first game, everybody's attention. And we think, yeah, North Carolina is about to steamroll. These guys are going to walk to the ACC championship. They get punched in the face by Virginia Tech, lose that game. And then it was just like what do we do? (laughs) What do we do now? And uh, you know, they they have the season that they did, but you're absolutely right, KG, this UNC defense. I mean, they're, they're legit the worst in the country. I mean, this is the worst defense in the entire power five. When you see how they do things, the yardage, they give up, the points Mm -hmm. they give up, the lack of tackling discipline on, on the edge. It's incredible to see, especially when you factor in all the talent that is there. It's just, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to watch. Um, I could not imagine being in those meetings and just hearing, I mean, what do you do? What what kind of changes do you make? I mean, throw everything out the window. Let's try something else um, at the end of the day. The good thing is for UNC, their offense is very good. Their quarterback is unbelievable. I mean, this guy is lighting it up. I mean, he's had like five touchdowns in every game he's ever played in. So he's playing really, really well. Drake May, first in the country in touchdowns top 10 in in QBR and all these different things. He's electric. He's got great playmakers around him. So my mindset, if I'm this team, if I'm Mac Brown and and Drake and company, we just got to keep scoring. We got to score more than they score. If they score 40, we score 41. And, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully defense can make something happen, maybe a turnover or fall into an interception. Uh, But at the end of the day, just got to go play. For Virginia Tech, just hold on. Now, that defense has been good. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when you see who they played, it's been okay. But this is a different animal they're going to see in UNC. And of course, traveling to Chapel Hill, I'm rocking with UNC with the nine and maybe, maybe over. We'll see. I th- Actually, I think over is a brilliant play. I think it's an easy play, to be honest.
1: I was at 52. Oh, 52, Mac. Whew. How much is Virginia Tech North Carolina Tech can't
0: stop anybody. That's true. That's they can't true. stop anybody. And they average That's 50 true. a game. They might do it by themselves.
1: <laughs> All right. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. I, I think the Virginia Tech, the loss to West Virginia was really eye-opening. That was tough right. to watch. Right. And like we said about UNC, show some sort of life. I I really think that this Virginia Tech offense is just not. It's not very good. Mm-hmm. UNC offense is still going to go score. It makes me – I, I don't love this pick, but I, I'm taking UNC to cover. There you and go. And this is more of a Virginia right Tech play than anything, yeah. <laughs> to be honest.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with so that. So we,
1: did we agree on all the big three? I think we did. Oh, I think
0: we did. man. It's kind of boring. I hate it. It's not, uh, c- can you give the people, if you have it, if not, just say, no, we're moving on. Do you have an update of the standings? Because I, you, you, I, you, I think you destroyed me. Last week.
1: I do have an update. I was not going to say it
0: unless you you wanted to hear. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you were here. Okay.
1: So, right now, against the spread, I'm 13 and 12, Mm -hmm. and Mac, you are 9 and 16.
0: Yeah, I got really last week I went five
1: and four and you went two and seven. We picked a lot of games last week. But you know what? We're bouncing back. And we only have six games this week to really pick the spread. I
0: I think I'm gonna blame that on the the baby. I'm gonna blame that on Amelia. My head wasn't in the right place. I was thinking about her.
1: Obviously. (laughs) I'm (laughs) just kidding.
0: She has nothing to (laughs) do. You
1: have an excuse. You have an excuse. All right, let's get to the
0: speed round, KG. Come on.
1: Speed round. Louisville at Boston College, noon on ACC Network. Louisville's a 15 and a half point favorite. Man, this game, before the year, I would have said, Louisville's 15 and a half point favorite. BC's going to cover that. Come on. But much like the UNC game, this, this game to me is about BC and how, how bad they've looked. Right. I just don't know how they score with Louisville in this game, Mac.
0: No, I, I agree with you. And I, I think especially, you know, Cunningham is going to run all over him. I mean, Malik has yeah. really played well with his legs this this year. I would love to see him be a little bit more effective with his arm in, in regards to touchdowns, getting that ball in the end zone. But if you can run at will and, and it's like a hot knife through butter, let's do it. Let's keep going and, and really, you know, get it going running the football with with him and in, in the, in the backfield with Evans. So I think that's what's going to happen defensively I mean these guys should have a really big day they are exceptional this year at getting after quarterbacks getting them on the ground and as we know BC has really struggled in in protecting Phil and getting the ball out quick so I expect you know five sacks from them maybe more uh, from this Louisville team just because they've been that effective at doing it even without blitzing I mean they've just beaten guys physically dominated their their opposition there I don't think this will be any different and from the BC side you just have to get it out quick. Get it out to your playmakers. Give Phil a chance, you know, and, and roll the pocket. But it's been, it's been a very, you know, disappointing start for these guys and something that it doesn't look like the end in sight is, is close. It looks like this is going to be a season-long thing.
1: Mm-hmm. 15 and a half seems like a lot of points on the road. And my first, my first inclination was to take BC to cover. But <laughs> I just don't believe in BC enough. And I think Louisville's coming off – the win over USF was a big – confidence booster for them they looked great mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if they can beat usf by 40 i think they can beat bc by 15 and a half
0: yeah i'm um, with you again so here we are okay. just we holding agree. hands throughout these picks <laughs>
1: we agree all right syracuse and wagner there's no spread on this game the main thing we want to say about this is five o'clock on espn plus mac syracuse barring a catastrophe is going to start five and zero for the first time since 1987 <laughs> this is unreal now the back half of their schedule is brutal. Tell them. But you know what? Tell them
0: about it. Tell them who um, they play.
1: Here's what they've got. Tell them what they've won. They have Wagner. Then they will play NC State at home. Ranked team. Then they will go to number five Clemson.
0: Ranked team.
1: Then they will play Notre Dame, who might oh. be ranked by that time. Who knows? Uh, probably not. Because they love to rank. Who knows? Then they will go to Pittsburgh. Ranked team. <laughs> then they will host Florida State.
0: Ranked Ranked team.
1: Then they will go to Wake Forest.
0: Ranked. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> but then they finish at Boston College. So you right. beat Wagner. All you got to do is beat BC at the end of the year. You're going to
0: bowl, baby. I am literally (laughs) betting the house that they go bowling. I mean, unbelievable. What a turnaround for those guys. We'd love to see Sean Tucker in this game specifically go off and just get back to who he is. You know, 150-plus would make me feel really, really good. But Mm -hmm. Schrader's been the guy. I mean, he accounts for like 99.9% of their offensive yards. He just is the guy that does it all for them. And I think also what's crazy about that scheduling you just said – the ACC Atlantic side, the Atlantic Division, is berserk. We we told you guys so that this good. conference was was emerging, the conference of quarterbacks, and what that means. What that means is a lot of wins so far, and that's very encouraging, you know, for the future of this. And man, how fun would it be this year to scrap those divisions, especially if you're on the Atlantic side and know that this race truly can be wide open and, and get you a spot in the championship. But we'll have to push that to 23.
1: <laughs> yes, next year, next year for sure. Okay, two games to finish on here and two very interesting spreads. Virginia traveling to Duke. Virginia's 2 and 2 overall Duke's 3 and 1. This is Duke's first ACC game and Mac you pointed out here Duke has lost 13 straight ACC games, but this is a brand new Duke. This is 7:30 p.m. on ESPN3, I believe you can find it on Raycom. Duke is a 3-point favorite. The total's 52. I took UVA to cover at Syracuse last week, and UVA, they did, and they almost found a way to win. It was so weird. So part of me is thinking, part of me thought, oh, take UVA to cover at Duke, but I think Duke going back home is going to get back on track, and they really played fine against Kansas. I just think in a weird world, Kansas is too good, and their (laughs) offense is too good, and you had the rock chalk, Jayhawk, the home field factor. So this Duke offense is playing so well. It's weird to think Duke has lost thirteen in a row. I'm going to take him to cover here, but I think I'm going to take him to cover here back.
0: I think it's good. I think it's great. I am too. I think Duke oh. wins this football game. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, what what's interesting is who would have thought going into this game, Riley Leonard would be the better quarterback? I mean, Nobody. that is crazy. not a soul it's
1: on earth except crazy. for Riley.
0: And Duke has has really been electric offensively. They lead the ACC in offensive yards per play at seven and a half or something like that. It's seventh nationally. And on the other side of it, Virginia has been abysmal on offense, but their defense has been improved. An interesting yeah. little tidbit about that that, that I thought was, was just a little interesting. Virginia's offense stinks. They bring in an offensive-minded coach. Duke's offense is amazing. They bring in a defensive-minded coach. It's really weird how yeah. stuff like and then that they happens. Flipped. Yeah, and they just flip it. So I'm having Duke to cover here. I think the over is in play just because if you if UVA does click and does figure it out, I mean, they're going to score points.
1: Yep, I agree. I think that's actually a really sneaky, fun game
0: it could this be. weekend it could be. between Duke Absolutely. and Virginia.
1: All right, and then finally, Georgia Tech at number 24, Pitt. This is an 8 p.m. game on ACC Network. Pitt, 22-point favorite. We, we recorded last week right before the news dropped that Jeff Collins <laughs> right. was fired. So before we talk about this game, Mac, do you have any thoughts on the firing of Jeff Collins?
0: Yeah, you you know what's interesting is I've said this a million times, I feel like. I hate the decision. I hate that you fire somebody mid-season. I I don't see the benefit of it. I don't think that you are concerned with the well-being of your players if it's not a a bad situation. Um, And and I just, it's such a weird spot because, I mean, what do you do if you're a kid? If, If that's the only reason you came there and now he's gone, do you just quit? Do you just leave, put your name in the transfer portal and head out? I mean, why not just let him finish the season? If you've made your mind up, number one, it gives you time to look around and not in a weird situation that you can see, okay, who do we like, who do we want to, different things like this. Now it's just, I don't know, it's a cluster, and I do not like it. You probably paid a ton of money uh, for the buyout and things of that nature. And now just think of what it looks like for the next prospective head coach. Why would you want to go there? I mean, this guy was given four years, two of which were severely impacted by COVID. The other four and plus, which you're going to step into, you have the hardest schedule in the conference. You have the hardest, one of the hardest schedules in the entire country. If I'm the next guy that takes this job, number one, you're going to have to pay me a ton of money. And number two, there's going to have to be a really big guarantee of, I get this massive contract, and if you fire me before, you're going to pay me even more money with the buyout. Just because there, there has to be a time element in this thing to, to get it back. And, and you know, I saw these Georgia Tech fans at, at some point in time the last couple of weeks saying, do you still believe in them? Do you still believe this? And th-? This was the first year that he could actually just coach football. And I get the result is what it is. It's one in three. But, again, the schedule and who you play does not it's help any tough. of that. He didn't have to go out and, and do branding and do all this other stuff to make Georgia Tech cool, to just get people to come in the door to potentially commit or recruit. And so, to me – this is a huge miss. It's a huge whiff. Looks like they're going to fire the AD if they haven't already. Excuse me for missing that. They did. But yeah. Yeah, so it, what do you, What the heck are you doing? What's the direction? Are you going to commit to athletics? Because everything I always hear about GT is school, 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 school. And that's all they ever care right. about. And there, it's like this afterthought. But yet now there's expectation where we're firing everybody. By the way, the AD played at Georgia Tech, so he was like a homegrown guy. And what, what do you do next? And so I, I'm interested to see the future of Georgia tech athletics in this new world that we're going to be stepping into where there's going to be these different conferences, potentially, and it's going to be invite only. Who knows? Are we looking like a club sports situation? I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot for them right now.
1: I agree with you, Mac. You've got to commit. There's gotta be, there's gotta be more of a commitment from Georgia tech. And I mean, you're in Atlanta. You have to be able to take advantage of that better. Than you have been. Mm-hmm. I think they did this so early because they were also firing the AD. They probably want to hire an AD first and then mm-hmm. hire a coach. So they're giving themselves time. Right. My main take on this whole situation has always been Jeff Collins, Nick Saban, um, you know, Bill Parcells, they would have failed in this right. situation. Right. The taking over the option team, an option offense, an option mm-hmm. roster in 2019 or whatever it was, you think you're going to fail. I think the guy that was hired next had to fall on the sword. And maybe now you can start to look in in a different direction, but I don't know if it's as much about Jeff Collins, if it is just about how tough of a rebuild that was at Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And an, another tough test here Saturday night, ACC Network uh, against a pit team that is confident and really finding their groove of who they are identity wise. Would really love just to, to get into the game. Would love to see Slovis push the ball downfield and, and for Pittsburgh to really sling it and, and throw it a little bit more. But when you have a running back like Izzy Abanacanda, why would you? Uh, you know, he, he's running at such an impressive pace right now. And then defensively for Pitt, just need to see them get after it and continue, you know, to, to keep getting better. Continue to see that defensive line go out there and hunt. Uh, and then on the Georgia Tech side, KG, just how do they react? I mean, is this yeah, a, is this a moment? A is this a moment that will galvanize this team, or are they all going to quit, give up, and we're going to see a horrendous output for the rest of the year? It, it'll be interesting. I think when you see you know who is named the the interim in, in a coach that played there, has been there, done that, I think it's it might be. Maybe not the same results, but it might be Florida State, Odell Hagens type thing where he gets these guys fired up. He says, hey, listen, remember the logo on the side of your helmet. We got to play for that. Let's ride.
1: I am taking a flyer here. I think it is going to galvanize them. I don't think Pitt has looked very good.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, They gave up 24 points to Rhode Island. I think 22 is a lot. I'm going to go. I'm going to take Georgia Tech to cover.
0: I think I am too, fire. just because yeah. oh, I, I, think that, I think that Brent Key is is going to get them rolling. I, okay. I really do. And, and in regards of effort and playing for each other, yeah. I, you know, Hit success, win, we'll see. But
1: 22 is a lot of points.
0: Yeah. And I might take the under. It might just be a weird, mm. sloppy, emotional game. And, yeah. and so I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: Wow. Mac, we agreed. Look at us. <laughs> Check out our picks on Twitter. Follow along. Uh, tweet at me on Saturday to keep me updated (laughs) as I am celebrating my brother.
0: Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Appreciate you, KG, making this happen, traveling the world, uh, making podcasts roll. Uh, but that's it from us, guys. Another great weekend coming up. ACC, center of attention. Check us out on ABC, all the major networks. The ACC is there and making noise. But that's it from us. Graham Gramlich and Mac Lane Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go get SiriusXM. Get it in your car. Get it on your phone. You can listen to us anywhere. But we also need you to go over to YouTube. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Always great to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.